0: Here we go. You're listening to Law and Gospel on this Bible Study Wednesday. And we are looking again at the book of Proverbs written by Solomon under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be taking a look at chapter 15, beginning with verse 20. Now, many of the verses in the book of Proverbs really contrasts the believer to the unbeliever. This particular section that Solomon wrote is advice to a wise son. Now, when you hear or read the word wise in the book of Proverbs, it's always in connection to the wisdom of God. And who is the wisdom of God? Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God. Following Jesus' wisdom is therefore what a wise son needs to learn. So a wise son is someone who is open to the instruction from the Holy Spirit. And that comes many a time through parents. Verse 20 of chapter 15 of Proverbs says, a wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish man despises his mother. Now, that's again a good contrast between the believer as a wise son and an unbeliever, because the opposite of wisdom in the book of Proverbs referring to the believer, is the word foolish or fool, referring to an unbeliever. So a wise son actually brings joy to his father. I remember when I became a pastor and I first preached in our home congregation, my dad was at the Back of the church in the narthex, greeting people as they left, and he was very glad that I had preached a sermon. In other words, a wise son brought joy to his father, but a foolish man despises his mother. Now, this happened to me once, well, more than once, where I kind of despised my mother. But when I learned how to drive, I had the idea that the shorter amount of time you are between two distances, the less chance of an accident. So I often went over the speed limit and I ended up getting about three or four speeding tickets. But in that day, I simply went down to the police station, paid the fine, and thought it was all over with. Unfortunately, my uncle was my car insurance salesman. And what happened was that I had to get new insurance when I went to a different state to go to school. Had to get additional insurance on the car. And he found out about the tickets, and I remember coming home from school that weekend and my mother the tickets. That was not a happy time. In other words, I had been a foolish person in not only going over the speed limit but not telling my parents about the tickets and it was an example of a foolish man despising his mother. So this is something we learned. I was very careful from there on to uh, make sure that anything that happened in my life that my parents needed to know about I would share with them verse 21 folly is a joy to him who lacks sense but a man of understanding walks straight ahead now once more the word, Folly is a word that refers to what an unbeliever likes to do. It can also be translated as stupidity. Stupidity is a delight to him who lacks sense. That is, an unbeliever does not have the sense of God, and therefore, what they are doing, they often are showing a lack of sense. How many times have you heard someone say, why did you do that? Didn't you know the negative consequences that would come from that? But for an unbeliever, doing stupid things is a joy because he lacks sense. He lacks the sense and the information from the Holy Spirit that such folly or stupidity is very negative in his life. I mean, you, you see people living together apart from marriage. They end up having a child, but then they don't like each other, and there are terrible problems even for that child. So. In the process of getting a child, it was a delight to him who lacked sense. In contrast to that, verse 21 says, a man of understanding walks straight ahead. Now, what is that talking about? Well, if you don't walk straight ahead, you're doing curves. A good example of that is, is driving a car. Have you ever been behind a person who is inebriated on the highway? It may be a four-lane highway, and he keeps going over the line into the other lane. He doesn't stay straight. In other words, those who understand proper driving, they will drive straight ahead. In other words, a way of translating verse 21, a man of understanding stays on course. And the course, of course, is that of Jesus, the narrow path. Verse 22, without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. Now, I've told you about the time that I decided to build some walls in our basement so the kids could have a separate room in the basement to play in. Well, all I did was got some eight by four sheets and attempted to nail them to the ceiling and enclosed a section. Well, that room lasted about a week before the walls started falling down. I did not have counsel as to build those walls properly. In fact, the term counsel in the Hebrew really refers to confidential advice. When you don't get advice from someone who can keep a confidence, your plans will fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. So a church is going to make a decision. Maybe What's the color of the rug? What's the decorations they're going to have around the altar? That isn't decided by the pastor alone. Now, he may give some suggestions, but we normally would do it through what's called a voter's assembly, where you have a number of advisors. When I got to my first congregation, over which I was the called pastor, there was a big room. And the lights to turn on were at the other end of the room. You go in on one side and you had to walk through the darkness to get to the other switches to turn on the lights. Well, I didn't know what to do, but I had an electrician who was a member of the congregation told him about it. And before I knew it, he had come in and put a switch on the side of the room that I entered so that I could turn the lights on from there. So without counsel, my plans had failed, but with an advisor, they succeeded. Which leads to verse 23. To make an apt answer is a joy to a man, and a word in season, how good it is. So that electrician gave me an apt answer. And he was able to solve a problem I had so I didn't have to walk through darkness at night to get to the place where you turn on the lights. And that was a joy to me. A word in season, how good it is, a way of understanding that to give a word at the right time becomes something that is really good. So you can inform people of items, but it needs to be at the right time. It has to be in the context of the conversation. Verse 24, the path of life leads upward for the prudent, that he may turn away from Shaol beneath. Now, Shaol S-H-E-O-L, S-H-E-O-L is the Hebrew way of talking of the place of the dead and can at times refer to even hell. But the path of life, now the word life there doesn't just refer to life that you're living here on earth. It refers to the eternal life that begins when you become a believer by baptism or by hearing the word of God and that path leads upward for the prudent what does the word prudent mean it's the person who has insight in other words they are not loving foolish foolishness or stupidity they lack sense so the opposite of lacking sense would be having prudent or insight. And that path of eternal life leads upward for the prudent, for those in insight. For you turn your head upwards to God in prayer, asking him for advice in order that you might succeed. And therefore you turn away from Shaol, which is beneath, In other words, hell is down, heaven is up. Verse 25, the Lord tears down the house of the proud, but maintains the widow's boundaries. Now there you need to have a little cultural information. The word Lord, first of all, is all in capitals, which means in the Hebrew, it's the original word for God's name, Yahweh. And notice that the house of the haughty, which means the proud, the Lord tears down that house. That was the task of John the baptizer. He went and remember the mountains were made level. In other words, the mountains refer to the proud people who thought, hey, I'm okay with God. Look at all the things I'm doing for God. I fast, I tithe. I'm not like that terrible tax collector working for the Romans. Well, the Lord will tear down the house of the proud. And he did that in 70 AD with the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem by the Romans against the proud Jews who thought they were saved by their works. Being proud refers again to the idea that we're not saved by our works. You should not boast about your works as though through them you have saved yourself. No, you boast about the works of Jesus because he is the one who maintains the widow's boundaries. Another way of saying that is he establishes the widow's boundaries. Now, what's the opposite of proud? The widows in Jesus' day, they were not prideful, because without a husband, they weren't able to work. They had to, like Ruth and Naomi did, go into the fields and pick up as much as they could eat that had been fallen by the harvesters. But God maintains the widow's boundaries. He looks to the widows and takes care of them. That's the promise he makes, which is a promise that pastors can share with widows who have lost their husbands or who don't have their children or had no children and they're alone in the world. But the pastor can maintain that no God is with them. They are never alone, and he will establish their boundaries, which means that heaven is their home. Verse 26, the thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but gracious words are pure. Now, that's talking about our voice and how we share the message of the Bible with others. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord. Their thoughts are often spoken of. You've got a lot of denominations that are not Christian, or they may be Christian, but the pastors are teaching things that are contrary to the Bible. Those thoughts, those words are an abomination to the Lord. And again, the word Lord is in capitals in the English referring to the name of God. But gracious words are pure. Now, what are gracious words? Those are pleasant words as we can forgive people who have sinned against us as we can share with those who don't have the word of God, the gracious words of God. And so a way of looking at verse 26, one can say that pleasant words are acceptable to God because they are in line with what the gift of the Holy Spirit is sharing with a wise son. Verse 27, whoever is greedy for unjust gain troubles his own household, but he who hates bribes will live. Now, those greedy for unjust gain troubles not only himself or herself, but also his whole household. You can see this in a number of occasions when a person is unjust and is greedy and tries to get more than he should. He himself may lose his job over it because he did something contrary to what his employer wanted. But he who hates bribes will live because. You don't accept the bribe and do what is contrary to the word of God. Great advice to a wise son. Verse 28, the heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. What does that mean? Well, a righteous person, when he has a question or when he has a problem in his life, he takes time to contemplate how to answer that question, how to answer that problem. Early in my radio ministry, people would ask questions over the radio and I would give a five minute answer I thought I was doing pretty good. And at the end of the five minutes, I said, is that helpful to you? And often they would say, well, that was a good answer, but it isn't what my question was about. So I've learned to listen longer, to really get a feeling and understanding of what the questions are in the religious sphere so that I can contemplate and ponder how to answer. In contrast to the mouth of the wicked, that pours out evil things, that spouts evil things. So you may have a wise son who is being tempted by his friends to take drugs or do other things that are inappropriate to God. And the mouth of the wicked They say, well, you'll have fun doing this. This will be something that you should look forward to. God will not be against you. The mouth of the wicked is like Satan in the Garden of Eden. Oh, no, you will become like God if you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so that pours out evil things from the mouth of the wicked, which results in verse 29. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. Now that's a confusing verse, because if God is omniscient, which means he knows everything, doesn't he hear the prayer of the unrighteous as well as the prayer of the righteous? Well, you have to understand what the word hear means. In the Hebrew, the word hear can also mean not only something that is audible to God, but something that he answers to your good. God hears the prayers of the righteous and gives an answer to their good. Romans 8:28. all things work together for good, but he does not answer the prayers of the evil. And so they are without many blessings. Which the righteous have. Verse 30. The light of the eyes rejoices the heart, and good news refreshes the bones. Now, this is why you need a pastor to help you understand what Solomon is writing here. The light of the eyes, that kind of refers to every now and then a person gets a twinkle in their eye. This Christmas, when the kids open up their Christmas presents at home, they will have that twinkle in the eye of joy. It will be delighting the heart. And the good news refreshes the bones. That means the good news fattens the bones. It's like doing good exercise or eating properly. Your bones become stronger. And the good news that God gives us is that we are saved by Christ, not by our works. 31. The ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Now, that's a great law and gospel verse. What's life-giving reproof? That would be warning. This is the second use that God makes of the law, to accuse us of our sin, and he gives a warning, and when we listen to the warnings from God, then we will find a home among the wise, the holy Christian church. Verse 32, whoever ignores instruction despises himself. But he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. In other words, when you don't listen to the discipline of your parents, you're really despising yourself and putting yourself in a situation where you despise your mother and your plans fail. But he who listens to reproof acquires good sense. The reproof is God's will in your life, and you learn that from the Ten Commandments. The final verse, the fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom, and humility comes before honor. Well, that's a great law and gospel verse, because humility is Comes about by hearing the law. We are humble before God in recognizing we do not do what He desires us to do. So in our humility, we repent. And guess what? That repentance precedes honor and glory from God. We receive the honor and glory of being justified as we recognize our sinful condition and know that only in Jesus Christ do we receive the honor and glory of God's wonderful word. So that's Proverbs chapter 15, 20 to 33, part one of advice to a wise son. We will not be having a live radio program tomorrow, Thursday, Good, that's Thanksgiving, or on Friday. We'll be back on Monday. So prepare again on Monday to hear a Bible verse from the second Sunday in Advent where we once more use the distinctions between law and gospel to make sense out of God's precious word. I'm Tom Baker, till Monday then, God bless you.